As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of Saint sincerity and stupidity. So I just gave you what you wanted. I gave you the answer without thinking about it too much. And then we get this from Kevin. <laughs> and now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody. Welcome to a pre-pandemic Saints Happy Hour podcast. I hope you did all your coronavirus prep today stay safe out there everybody wash your hands don't cough on anybody unless they're a falcons fan uh dave are you ready to survive corona geddon yeah i'm totally prepared i'm totally prepared for the coronavirus you sound like you're talking either out of a hole or stuffing your face with sour patch kids wait i sound weird oh wait hold on Hold on, let me take. I had to take off my face mask. I'm wearing a face mask to protect myself from coronavirus. <laughs> uh, let's hurry up and get through this podcast because I'm not really comfortable wearing my ma- mask off for more than like 30 minutes. Do you have your hand, you have your hand sanitizer handy? Uh, oh, I just filled my bathtub with hand sanitizer, <laughs> and like every hour, I just go for a dip. <laughs> so. You know, we'll get to the 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 Saints news. The only news was was Cam Jordan. Uh, he played with a torn uh, abductor muscle. Apparently, it was torn off his bone. I was thinking he would be the most likely Saints player to spread the coronavirus because if he can play with a torn abductor muscle, Andrew, off the bone, he could have coronavirus. He wouldn't even know it, or he would play through it and infect the whole locker room. Yeah, that's fair. No, yeah. Look, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I, that sounds awful, his injury. And, um, yeah, obviously he's had surgery now in this offseason to kind of repair that. But he made a statement, actually, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but he, I think – I don't know if it was a statement or it might have been a tweet. You know, I have to go back and look. But I th- – he tweeted something like, doctor said I'm good to go, and then after the season I need surgery. Hmm. Like, he said something like that, and it was kind of like like almost a thinly veiled shot at the Saints organization. Or, or at least just like, you know, shining a light on the realities of the NFL where medicine is like, you know, th- they're going to tell you whatever Sean Payton or Mickey Loomis or whatever, the Saints brass – they're going to say whatever the Saints brass want you to say, but then they get real once the season's over. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it was something he, he could play with, but... You could play with I, it. You I, might die. 
but you're you can play with it. I mean, I I just I would just say I was a little uncomfortable with like him saying that because it's just like, ooh, I hope he's not pissed at the Saints. Well, I mean, but it, in in being kind of serious, Dave, it does sort of explain um his tailing production in December and especially I felt like he was going to destroy Minnesota's bad tackles and he didn't really but now that I know he had a muscle not connected to his bone it, I'm sort of like yeah kind of makes sense now it's amazing what wasn't these guys there, played now, I'd have to go back and look but wasn't there a game where he, he missed a significant amount of playing time like where he was getting subbed out more than usual was it the Colt game I think it was the Colt game might have been. Well, they said the injury was the 49ers game. The Colts game was after that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that could be. I mean, the sad part The sad part is, is like, yeah, maybe his performance dipped uh, because of this injury. But um, I, think none, I think all of us would rather have him playing uh, injured than not playing at all. Uh, oh, you know, completely. It says a lot about the depth we have at defensive end. Well, no, it just says it just says about his his. It's more about his ability, really. Um, but also too, though, you combined Davenport being hurt, and if Cam Jordan had gone out, like then you'd have been like, oh shit. Well, Rank- like clear Rankins was out too. Yeah. in that game. So yeah, that Forty ers game was a very very expensive loss. Plus every linebacker wow. they had. Yeah. So, you know, besides Cam Jordan being injured, the, the really the only other Saints news, and this is kind of a – Andrew, maybe you can help me explain it, is that the CBA, the players and the owners are negotiating. Now, it isn't like they're going to be a lockout this year or even next year, but if the players and the owners don't agree to a new collective bargaining agreement – and I didn't realize this until this past week. It really puts sort of a hammerlock on Loomis Math. Like he can't do his go-to cap manipulations, avoidable years, and extending the contracts out because you can't do contracts for years of collective bargaining that aren't there or something like that. Since they don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement into the future, you can't do voidable years because you can't take a dead cap money hit for years that don't exist or something like that. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, as it stands right now, and I, I guess it would depend on the CBA if it pushes through. And I mean, we I, we could do a whole podcast on the CBA. In fact, I, I've been uh, th- thanks again for your tip on uh, the Meaning Kinds pod, pod, podcast. Uh, I recommend you listen to it, the one she does with uh, Dominique Foxworth, uh, if you're interested in kind of the labor negotiations and why it's different from last time. And it's really interesting. I mean, really, for the players, what's not to like? I mean, everything about that deal, it's it's more revenue. It's more money, especially, you know, when you look at 50 percent of the league is minimum wage. You know, I know we talk about the Rogers and and the Russell Wilsons and the Breezes and the Brady's, but. You know, 50% of the league is on minimum wage. Um, and those are the guys that this deal affects the most, right? Because it's more, it's half the league. But it really, it just comes down to they're going to get a bunch of stuff and they just have to stomach a 17th game. Now, I say just, but, you know, physically, 
long-term health, all that stuff. I mean, that's significant for them. And I think the players really don't want to play any more than they already do. Uh, there, I think there's an additional playoff game too, but it's really it's the 17th game. That well, how do we feel? How do you feel? How do you feel about the 17th game, Dave, and the additional playoff game? I mean, the additional playoff game it might as well be called the mediocre coaches employment act because now you're gonna have eight, eight, <laughs> nine, seven coaches that would have otherwise got fired. Now they're gonna make a playoff game and they're gonna get ex- they're gonna get extended for like two, three years. Like th- like this would have kept Jim Haslam employed for the Saints like at least three more years. Um, I mean, I'm a fan, so I'm all for more meaningful football. Uh, I'm all for maybe one less preseason game. So I'm down for 17. Do you guys uh, know what they're going to do about the home and away? Like, one, you just have one more home game? Well, no. It'll alternate years. One year, the AFC teams, they get an extra home game. One year, the NFC teams get an extra home game. Yeah, and so other and just some other details about that, just so people know, they're not nobody else. Nobody's getting an extra buy, so there's still only going to be one buy, which is you know a semi-sticking point for the players. I believe they're also proposing the playoffs move to 14 teams. Yeah, right, and then and only the top seed gets a buy. So can I lay down a prediction right now? The Saints the are going to be the first team, team in NFL history to go 14-2 and two and not get a bye. <laughs> oh, it's happening. Um, but no, I mean, currently, as far as the CBA is concerned, um, I mean, Andrew's right. It's, it's all about that 17th game. And so the players uh, are trying to get as much as they can possibly get, uh, particularly in the way of money, if they're going to give up that and, and play that 17th game. And but I mean, currently they're not that happy because right right now they're talking about in 2020 it being a 53-47 split, um, owners players, and then 2021 to 2030. So basically, for the length of the next CBA, the owners would get 52 and the players would get 48. Now the players are saying, you know, you've got people like uh, uh, Richard Sherman, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, uh, other players uh, who uh, they want 50 50. Um, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. And, you know, obviously this is a negotiation. And so they're making themselves known and, and they're pushing uh, the boundaries as far as they can. Uh, so maybe they meet a somewhere. A lot of revenue, middle. though. It's maybe all, they I mean, meet it's somewhere a, it's at 5149. It's a big difference from what they were making before. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's still good for them. But uh, I, I, it's obvious right now that the players are just trying to get as much as they can for that 17th game. They know the owners want that 17th yeah. game. Uh, there's no extra buy. Uh, so they're just trying to, 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 to bleed it as much as they can. Well, it sounds like Michael Thomas uh, saw Tony Romo's salary and uh, <laughs> immediately God. said, yeah, this deal's no good for me if Romo's making God more damn. than most guys. I mean, don't, that is... They're paying Tony. I mean, he's good. He's a good commentator. But like, do you really give a shit about the commentators for the NFL games? Like, like if there's a game, I on, can't believe he's making that much. I mean, to, seventeen like, million a year. I, I don't think commentators they can take away from the game, but it isn't going to stop you from like watch. If if there's a big huge game on and you're like, oh, it's Packers Saints. And there's Chiefs, you know, New England. Oh, I'm going to watch the Saints because they have Romo commentating. I just 
I don't think it moves the needle like that. But I guess I don't think it, I don't think people pick a game based on who's calling it. So I I agree with you there. But I will say Tony Romo has obviously obviously been great for just TV and broadcasting, and everyone loves him. And when he calls a game, generally people are excited and they talk about how good he is. And I will say when I think about how, how many announcers affect my enjoyment of the game, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, Rondé Barber and Joe Buck are just two guys <laughs> I, I cannot stand. I absolutely can't stand listening to them. And it, it, they, they ruin my enjoyment. They really do. And so when you get a guy like Romo where at least, you know, it, it, some may not care, but at least he's neutral. I don't think Romo is really offending a lot of people. And, I don't know that it's necessarily making people come back, but if it's providing entertainment and quality of entertainment, then you, then you got a good thing going, and you got. Keep- I think, you know, Dave, I Booger McFarland, he's an LSU guy, so I hate to say this, but like he, I would rather they just pump in like heavy metal music, or <laughs> you know, I just yeah. The he's the one goofy. thing. As far it's, as it's, it, it's it's one thing like, like if you're gonna be bad at your job, you have to at least be charming. And like I feel like Booger, he just doesn't have that charming uh, personality that he's comes a little pompous on the screen. Yeah, he is. Um, so. He's a little bit. Yeah. He's a little bit. He, but the this, thing- this this CBA is interesting to me because, you know, I think in the past you had the players' union really kind of have a unified front and say, Hey, you know, we need to push this deal through this Not time. Now, it's they're... way, it's 50, 50. It's way more split. There's a lot more dissension in the ranks. There's a lot more players that are outspoken saying, I don't want to do this. And I don't know if it's going to pass or not, because it really, I think that the, the NFL teams 16 on the player side, 16 approved it, yeah. 15 were against it and one abstained. So it's, it, it's close. It's like, it's 50, 50. Well, the thing that's interesting with the, the, the whole collective bargaining is, Dave, the players, there's, you know, it, back in the old days, it, when it, well, the players didn't make as much, but they were like, we need a pension and we need better health care. And that's easy to say. Those are important things for everybody, all of us. Now, there's like the quarterbacks. There's the minimum wage guys. There's the superstar non-quarterbacks, and there's like the middle class. So like, there's there to me, it seems there's nothing that like unifies the union all together, and that makes that must make it really hard as hell to get an agreement that most of you like because somebody in the union, it seems to me, they're getting fucked in this deal. Like one group is gonna get screwed. Uh, yeah, but you know the group of the hardworking minimum wage guys is is way larger than the group mm-hmm. of uh, high paid superstar guys, uh, and that's that's I think, and I, I think those guys have to be taken into account first because I I think they're the they're the majority, and they're really what what drive the league and what make the league go. But uh, you know the top guys. You know they're great. They're the face of the organization, but they're paid very well, and uh, you know in the end they're they're fine. But Andrew, well, the you, one... know, you know what I think is interesting though is I'm, I am a little surprised that 
you know, th this past CBA obviously largely benefited the quarterbacks. I mean, you look at the, some of these contracts that quarterbacks are getting, and I mean, number one, it's had a significant impact on on teams cap maneuverability and, and what they've been able to do. I mean, it's, we've seen these teams now where, you know, Cam Newton gets the huge contract, the Falcons give Matt Ryan the huge contract, and then they stop making the playoffs. You know, so we've seen that happen to a lot of teams. And then we see a lot of teams with quarterbacks on rookie deals make it to the Super Bowl. So your margin for error, you got to be very good at drafting to be successful with a quarterback that carries that much against your cap, a salary that that's that high. And so the quarterbacks have really benefited from the new CBA. I'm, I'm a little surprised that this time around, the players didn't fight to make that a little bit more equitable. In other words, saying like, that's great that we're going to be making all this money. Let's make sure it's not all going to the all going to the quarterbacks. No, yeah. it's true. And like, you know, I never thought of it this way is like, you know, fans and, and, and different things are like, oh, the, the franchise tag is so unfair because it caps what a player can make and it makes their bargaining power less. But players don't view it that way. Players view it as like a franchise tag is kind of good because it means you can't spend unlimited on on a small group of players and you have to spend that somewhere so everybody else gets the money. But Dave... The one thing that kind of blew my mind on Friday was they said if this deal goes through, the 2021 salary cap might go up by $40 million. That's right, $40 million. <laughs> It will make salaries go crazy. And I don't know if I'm prepared to live in a world where, like, a backup tight end yeah, is making like Von, $9 Von million dollars a year. Von Bell and Onyemata are up for like $100 million contracts if that happens. Ser but seriously, Andrew, like what, like, like if, if Traquan Smith, right? Well, it's, it's year three. So that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a good measurement, but like Kamara say like the saints don't come to an agreement with him and he like kills it this year. Like if the salary cap goes up 40 million, like, I could see a team paying him five years, 110. Like it wouldn't be yep. totally insane that he makes 20 million. And the thing is, Dave, I'm not ready to like adjust my mind to live in, to live in that world where like non quarterbacks are getting super ridiculous money. I don't know if it gets spread out that evenly. Um, I think that the quarterbacks will get it all. We'll have a $50 million quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it could very well be where those top guys just make that much more money uh, and there's still a fairly large gap between uh, uh, between the top and the middle and the bottom guys. I, you know, I don't know if it's I don't, I don't think it works out where it's, it's where, uh, you know, Tommy Lee Lewis is making 10 grand, 10, 10 million a year. I, I don't think it works. <laughs> He's that way. still making minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it. It'll be interesting. And the one thing that, that you brought up, Andrew, is, you know, we keep waiting for sort of Loomis to do his Loomis math thing. And, and I mentioned at the beginning the, the, that, you know, if they don't get a new collective bargaining agreement, this, the teams will have difficulty signing players. But you made a point of that's why you think teams haven't done anything to try to sign their own guys before free agency starts because teams aren't going to do anything until they know – we have a new we have a new collective bargaining agreement, or we don't. Like teams are wait team, teams are waiting for the certainty of whatever the answer is. 
Yeah, I I actually think this might be one of the most challenging positions Mickey Loomis has ever been in. Uh, now he's fortunate that it's not next year yet because I think next year it would be even worse, just with the guys that would have contracts expiring. But you know, I I, I think I I've just become less concerned because I feel like Mickey Loomis always finds a way and he, he's going to do his best. But I mean, if you think about the challenges that are ahead for him. Um, and, you know, Breeze has said that he's back and that he's going to come back to the Saints. And it seems like everyone has concluded that's a foregone conclusion. Even everyone in the media, no one's trying to stir up this. Could Breeze actually leave? But right, as of right now, he's he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. So. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. When you look at what's ahead for Loomis, 
He's got eight or nine million in cap room. Now there's a ton of stuff he can do to give himself some space between Kiko Alonso and, you know, cutting him and uh, Janoris Jenkins has a contract so they could get that cap number down significantly. So there's a bunch of things he can do, but right now he doesn't have a quarterback. He, Teddy is probably going to walk Drew Brees. They got to figure that out. The Taysom Hill thing is as complicated as it gets. Loom has even probably... said it during the combine. He's like, there. I was like, how do you do the con- What's Taysom Hill's market and value? And Loomis is like, I don't know. We're going to find out. And Nick Underhill made an interesting point, Dave, is that it might be easier for the Saints to negotiate Taysom Hill to figure out what he's worth if a team signs him to an offer sheet than if the Saints are just negotiating with Taysom Hill's agent because – how do you, how do you judge? How do you judge Taysom Hill's value, and what kind of contract do you give him? I could see, you know, yeah, you know, if if history is any indicator, I think I see a court case uh, in the future. Uh, Taysom's going to take the Saints to court because he wants to be paid like a wide receiver. No, he wants to be paid like a quarterback. Uh, but Ooh, the Saints want to pay. But the Saints want to pay him as a. But the Saints want to pay him as a gunner. <laughs> yeah, I mean they can't. They can't if they think he's a quarterback. You can't do that to a guy you think is going to be your future quarterback. I mean, it's one thing to try to do it to a tight end. It's another <laughs> thing to go asshole to your to your future quarterback. They can't. They would. They couldn't do that. Not it's complicated taste. though. No. So I go back to my statement. I really think this is probably the hardest Loomis has ever had it. When you consider yeah. they don't have a ton of room. The quarterback situation, all three of them are off the books at the same time. That's a mess. And then he doesn't have much room to maneuver, and his favorite trick is not available to him. And they don't even know when free agency hits in in less than a few weeks whether it's going to be option A, which is no CBA, or option B, the CBA will be approved, which has enormous repercussions on how they approach the cap now they'll be prepared i think he knows it'll go one of two ways and we'll say all right if it goes this way we got to do this if it goes that way then we're going to be a little bit more handcuffed and and have less options but i i think this is probably and i'd be interested to hear what loomis says my my view my interpretation is that this is as challenging and as tricky as it's probably ever been for him I have, I have, I have one counterpoint to this though that nobody ever seems to talk about. Or I haven't heard anybody talk about it. You know, in years past, they have always been handicapped by dead money. They've always been handicapped by you know, Junior Galette and then Jarris Bird. I mean, you know, you go back to 2015, 2016. They had like, well, how much? 10, 15 million dollars in dead cap money. Junior, Junior, one year pushed it over 20. So and so that's that's an incredible handicap for a team for a general manager when you're trying to build your roster when when you've got a when you've got to waste a, a a huge chunk of change that you can't even use that money is unusable to you but this year this season going into 2020 they only have one person in dead money with Chris Banjo 1.2 million dollars so well, well but depending on uh, I think I think AJ Klein is about to be dead money because he's he had a, a, a couple of voidable years, and Breeze. Depending on what happens with Breeze's contract, that could potentially be a lot of. Well, money. Breeze yeah. is going to be, yeah. Breeze is going to be, I think, about fifteen million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
16, he's, he's, yeah, he's just shy. He's 15.9 million. He's going to, again, again, that goes back to, they're, they're probably going to have to take some of that and absorb some of that loss because if the CBA doesn't get approved, then they can't do the voidable years. So then they are going to have to eat some of that money, that dead money. But, and, but that's somewhat, but that's somewhat okay. And they planned for that. And, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, that's for your, your main position, you know, obviously it's okay to be spending well, money or even wasting money at that position. It's not like, it's not like you're paying $10 million for Jarrett's bird. That was a, just a total fucking Well, the one disaster. thing is I mean, that's frustrating, but to get, have to pay maybe $6 million in dead money or whatever for Drew, you know, that's tolerable. Well, the one thing is the, the collective bargaining, it's going to get settled this week. Like the players are voting on it and it isn't going to, it's either they're either agreeing to it before March 18th or they're not like it's not going to go they're they're not starting free agency with this sort of hanging over their head because teams I mean they just they can't have that um so my thing is I guess and I want both of you to answer this I'll start with you Andrew is if they don't have a collective bargaining agreement and they don't extend it out do you think it makes it a lot less likely that we're going to see more of their own players exit than we otherwise would have. Uh, I mean, I don't think I, I wouldn't say players plural, um, but I, I could see you know, hey, we want to keep Von Bell and Onyemata, and maybe they lose one, you know, just because of the way it's set up. I mean, they're the problem right now is the Saints don't have a ton of cap, and again, you're dealing with Breeze's issue, you're dealing with Taysom Hill, and those are priorities. Those are priorities, Taysom. Breeze is the now, Taysom Hill's the future, and if you have to lose Von Bell and Onyemata to figure that out, so be it. So those are the priorities the Saints have to figure out right now. And, you know, Kamara may not want to play if he doesn't get extended, so that that may be another thing that they have to deal with. Uh, now, you don't have to deal with that in free agency, but that does affect your overall cap potentially. So there, there's a lot of things there. And, yeah, so there may be some guys that they lose, um, and, you know, they'll have to have a good draft again. Dave, that's a good segue into our game of stay or go. So I'm going to start with you. Music. Where's the music? <laughs> Every game needs music. God damn it, Ralph. I'll have to go back to uh, <laughs> the, 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 ju- the judge the, music. The judge music. Uh, Vaughn Bell. Which is okay, I guess, because we're, ju- we're making snap judgments. Vaughn Bell on this day, March 1st, staying or going? Uh, me, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say stay. Andrew, David Onyemata, staying or going? I was having him going, but Sean Payton mentioned him by name, and that sort of changed my opinion. I actually disagree with Dave. I think Onyemata stays. I think Bell goes. Ooh. Dave, AJ Klein. stays I want him to stay Andrew Eli Apple mm-hmm. I think Eli Apple goes they traded for him I think he stays Dave Andres Pete <sighs> stays ooh Andrew, we'll discuss that. I want to discuss that for a little bit. 
if Andres Pete stays and gets over $10 million a year, would be the biggest Saints Twitter freakout we've ever had. I think it would be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, peep. I mean, you can talk me into it because he's about he can be the backup tackle and different things, and he's va he's he's more valuable. And don't judge him. But well, you wouldn't one. be excited. I could talk I you into it, but you would never be excited. No, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be screaming at the top of my lungs like if they signed Joe Thune to replace Pete. Um, who else do we have? Uh, who else is free? Who else are free Saints free agents that I need to touch on? Uh, Ted Ginn. Gone. I think that's... Keith Kirkwood stays. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're going down the exclusive rights free agent list? Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> All right, kill the jumper music. stays. Kill the, kill the music, please. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, Stefan Anthony. He's gone. <laughs> I forgot. I don't know. I, this is out, really, I, I really want to keep Anthony. And then I'm serious because I feel like it, <laughs> like he's, he's a bust no matter what, like he was a terrible pick, but I feel like his penance for sucking so bad should be that he has to run on kickoffs and do special teams for the saints for, for like two more years. Like it, it's kind of like it was kind of like the penance that Jairus Bird had with, like, he had to fair catch punts. It's like, look, if we're paying you all this money, like, you may as well go on punt returns and at least call them a fair catch so we don't have a fumble. Did, did Jairus you know, Bird ever return a punt and not fumble? I don't think so. I don't think he did, man. We, we that, was my, that was our running joke for two years that, like, Sean Payton threatened to kill him if he, uh, if he didn't uh, fair catch it. Fair catch, which, yeah. Which is another... Yeah. You didn't we, ask. Uh, we didn't do PJ Williams stay or oh go. Oh yeah, PJ Williams stay or go. go. Uh, I'll say PJ stays. Dave, I say go. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say PJ stays. I think I think his market is just like last year. We thought his market was soft because of the DUI, but I don't think it's that. I just think teams look at him and they're like, "Nah, we don't really want to pay you." And so I think there's a good chance that he'll be back. But speaking of, of Sean Payton potentially killing Jairus Bird, it segues me into a fun story that I wanted to tell that Dave reminded me of when we were having one of our text uh, chats last week. Vince Marinella died, the famous, infamous uh, New Orleans sportscaster, for murdering his wife while they were going through a divorce. And... It reminded Dave. Guess, Dave, you asked me if I, I any of us really knew can't him. Drop me, the, my wife. Or not. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That. His I don't wife. know that. My wife. It would be appropriate in there, but I just did it. Uh, so, Dave asked if me and Kevin knew him, and I. It reminded me of my story, with Vince Marinello, and when people when he when he when they got accused of murdering his wife, people were like, "Oh, Vince Marinello, he's so nice. How could he do it?" And I told everybody, I was like, "He did that shit." And here's why: is when I worked at <laughs> WWL. Vince Marinella used to fill in for Buddy D when Buddy D would go on vacation or got sick or whatever. And one time, Vince was filling in, and Charles Grant was scheduled to be the interview. And, you know, I'm the producer, so I call Charles Grant before he's scheduled to come on, and he sets up, and, and Vince does the interview. But the thing is, during the interview, Charles Grant is eating. He's calling and a day. 
he's eating. He's he's eating during the interview. Yeah, and and Vince looks mad. But during the interview, he asked Charles Grant what he's eating, and Charles Grant's like chicken wings. And uh, we go into the playoffs. You believe that? And um, so I was like, okay, Vince, he's not that mad. He just asked him what he's eating. It's fine. And it didn't go well. Like you could tell, Charles Grant wasn't paying attention. Whatever. Like you work in radio or you do these interviews, Andrew, you know, like people don't, sometimes they just go badly. People don't pay attention, whatever. So I was like, okay, whatever. I just, you know, shrugged and whatever. And then it's the interview ends and Vince Marinella is raging during the commercial break. He's yelling at Charles Grant. He's yelling at me. Like it's my fault. Like I was supposed to tell Charles Grant not to eat during the interview. And when I tell you, I have never been that afraid at work in my entire life. And I was at work during a fucking earthquake in California. Granted, it was a minor earthquake, but still. And here's the thing, though. Vince Marinella, he, had to, he wore a toupee all the time. So, Dave, as he's yelling at me and, and pointing his finger into my, like, chest, his toupee <laughs> is fucking rocking back and forth. And his face is red. <laughs> It looked like a raccoon trying to eat an apple. And even though I was really, really scared, I also had this uncontrollable urge to laugh. And I'm not (laughs) saying if I would have laughed, Vince Marinella would have killed me. All I'm saying is when I found out he killed his wife, I was like, he crazy. He did that shit. So there's my Vince Marinella story. Wow. He's got like those beady eyes. Well, he, he did does, have dude. those beady eyes. His eyes are like it was like beating on my head, and and I was like, oh my god, I think I think I'm like in mortal danger at work. Like he may he may murder me in this WWL studio. Like it was terrifying. Like I've never seen seen a person that mad in a work environment ever. Have you? Have either of you ever been like? afraid that physical harm could come to you while at work in a work environment no not really not 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 in my uh, not in my environment but uh there was one time i was driving i was driving to work like from the bank or something going down birth street and uh there was somebody you know i'm a you know, I, I, I learned, I'll just say this. I learned to drive in New York. So I drive like a typical New Yorker. You take that however you want to take it. Like an but, ass. Um, <laughs> you take that however you want to take it. But, uh, and Birth Street is just a, a one-way residential street in Uptown by Tulane and Carrollton, whatever. And I, I, I think if I remember correctly, there was a guy in front of me and he was just sitting there in the middle of the street and blocking traffic. And I think I honked uh, or whatever. And he pulled into his driveway and he like, got out of his car and ran up to my window and is banging on my window. He's like, you're honking. You know, he just had a total freak out out of no, you know, just because I had honked. And uh, I just, I just sat there and just kind of ignored him because I wasn't going to escalate the situation. But I was like, this guy is a psycho. He he could potentially kill me. (laughs) Andrew, before we get to questions, get out of here. Can't wait to, can't wait to run into this guy at Walgreens. I remember, uh, yeah, I, I've never had anything like that at work. Uh, I, I do remember um, when I was a kid, uh, my uncle took me to the park, and I was probably about my son's age now, so I was like nine at the time, and this guy like kept coming up and talking to us, and I was kind of getting weird vibes from him, and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this guy, and then I see him like pull a gun out of his jacket pocket, 
and like put it into his other pocket in his jacket. And he, he was like 20 yards away at this point, but I just saw that he was carrying a weapon and he's like at a kid's park. And, but he, it was like real coy about it. So no one else saw it. I was like the only person in the park that saw it. I just remember being like, all right, we need to get the fuck out of here. And so I just asked my uncle to take me out, take me home. And, uh, but yeah, I'll never forget it. Cause it was just like, if we had stayed, <laughs> what was that guy going to do? That is weird. Was that in America or France? That was in Paris. That was in France. Wow. I thought yeah. Europeans were like not violent and didn't have guns. Well, that, that, well, but that's the thing. So like in, in France and like in Paris, you don't see guns, you know, you see knives or box cutters. You know, I mean, people rob you at knife point and stuff, but like, it's not like the U.S. where it's just like this big open carry thing. It was very, especially in the 80s, super rare to see a gun. So, like, it, it really stood out, and it was like, holy shit. So, um, before we get out of here, and we just have a couple a couple of, uh, of viewer questions, I want to remind people, hey, podcast, sign up daily, $7 a month. Uh, you get cool freaking swag, and once March 18th hits and free agency has happened, you're going to want this podcast because we do it every freaking day, and we do breaking news before anybody else. You'll get reaction. So sign up. Start full access. Start $7 a month. Do it. Uh, question, Dave. What team do you think is most likely to go after a Saints free agent? Um... Well, I mean, I think Teddy Bridgewater is the guy that people are going to clamor over. Um, so, I mean, that could be any number of teams. Maybe, uh, I don't know, the Bears or something like that? Would the Bears go after Teddy? Are they, re- Colts, are they ready to move on from Trubisky? Yeah. Uh, Jake asks, uh, P- Pat McAfee introduced the Pelicans tonight. Uh, if you introduced Zion, how would you introduce him? Jake, come on. The Pelicans got Zion, dude. They got Zion. They got Zion. Oh, I've never been this happy. Oh, this is great. They got Zion. And oh, by the way, I don't know what it is, Andrew, but Zion brings something out of LeBron because twice this week, LeBron has just fucking gone off on the Pelicans, and he could, didn't give a shit about Memphis last night at all. Um, did you see before the second half ended when Zion did that dunk, and then LeBron took practically a fucking shot from half court and made yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it! It was like a fuck you, Zion. Pelicans are about to lose this game. Yeah, they are. Um, so everybody, thanks for joining us in the chat room. We went on short notice. Uh, didn't Vince McMahon, Vince Marinello use a plastic glasses, nose, fake mustache, and a, an escape on a bike? Yes, Stephen Juge, he did do all that. Not only that, he had a checklist of what to do to commit the murder that they found in his FEMA trailer with literal check marks by each one. Yeah, not on the, not on the checklist. Get rid of checklist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor planning i'm just saying so everybody thanks for thanks for joining us uh this has been a sunday night edition like i said most weeks during the off season we will be on sunday night except for this coming week because i'll be in new orleans celebrating my 44th birthday happy birthday to me uh so we'll be on next monday night but everybody thanks for joining us tonight uh 
for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's MIA. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed.